You're listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast, a space for moms who are on the wild ride of motherhood while navigating their grief journey. We're Karen Rashida. Between the two of us, we're motherless moms of four toddlers and an angel baby. Together, we're going to feel our feels, but also remind you that there's joy on the journey too. Let's dig in. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode three of season two. And if you are watching this on YouTube and wondering why Kara and I are wearing the exact same (laughs) outfit we were wearing last episode, it is because it's the same day. Yeah, it's like actually the same recording session. It is. It is. Tis. 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 Yeah, because... We're busy moms, so we're going to batch record so we can keep the good stuff coming to you every other yeah. Wednesday, even when somebody gets sick, because it's all it's inevitable. Um, but today is something we, uh, we're going to talk about, a term I actually made up. Um, and if you have been a follower of any of my written blog work, I have written about this um, on my personal blog, and I it is a term I am calling grief equilibrium. Yeah, which is sounds fancier than it is, really. Um, <laughs> but it is. So I will I will tell you what it is by telling you a story. So when I first, and I think I talked about this um, on here mm-hmm. as well last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last season when I first met my husband, and like we started getting really serious. One of the things that like drew me to him instantly is that he had lost his brother, and so he understood grief. And one of the most, like, profound things he'd ever said to me, um, he said lots of profound things. Yeah. Oh. Including, including, including full poops for Oreos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> only the best comes out of this marriage. Um, and so, like he said, he was like, you know, it, it, he lost his brother when he was, he, Ben, was nine and his brother was 16. And he was like, yeah, it was really weird when I got to a point where I had been alive without, longer without him than with. And so for Ben, that would have been when Ben turned 18. Wow. And so I remember being like, oh, wow, that is strange. Yeah. So strange. Like, because time is such a, like, it's a, such, I get it. It's a, a construct or like, a, it's a, it's a continuum. I get that. But time is just so I get that. I yeah. get that. I understand the time. <laughs> Good. Believe it or not, I do understand time. Um, but it, it feels... But also you don't understand time because it... Yeah. Time is weird. Time is fucking... It is it's... weird. It is weird. And it is... It's even weirder on a grief journey, I think, because it's like fast and slow and sad and happy and all of these things. Uh-huh. And so I... Yeah, he said that to me, and I was like, wow, that's really profound and really... And at the time, I was... So this was 10 years ago. Yeah, so you... Yeah, so your mom... My, my mom had been gone seven years. Seven? Seven years. She had been gone for seven... She's been gone for 17 now. Uh, okay, okay. She had been gone for seven years when he said that. And so I was just like, does it seem like... I don't know why. I'm, yeah, like only set, like only seven by the time you guys met. Wow. I mean, I met. I've been with Ben for ten years. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yes. And so, I was just like, wow, that's 
wild. And like, I, I remember being like super profound. I can't, I can't even like my mind can't even totally. Because I was still, I, when I met Ben, I was still figuring out my grief, I think. Mm-hmm. Because as you've been a listener of the show, if you listen to my story, it took me damn near seven years to realize I needed help. Like mm-hmm. to realize that I couldn't like the path that I was on, which for all intents and purposes, like talk about toxic positivity and resilience from last t- last or last episode. That's basically what I was doing. I was just like toxic resiliencing my way through grief until I ran out of things to kind of get in its way. And then mm-hmm. I had to had like deal with it grief head on. You didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't. And I didn't have the tools to deal with it. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had had you had seen a therapist for anything else before? No. Like before you decided to tackle? Well, no, no. Because if Mm -hmm. you did, that therapist would have been like, hold up, sister. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And so, and I had started seeing a therapist as I was starting to date Ben as well. Um, But I still, I still myself wasn't like totally like I was still working my way through it. And I mean, I'm always going to be working my way through it, but I think that that time was like the heaviest lifts of the work I had to do. Anyway, mm-hmm. and so fast forward to 2020. Was it 2020? Jeez, my ass, it's hard. <laughs> Her eyes. I know, I'm like, yeah, fast forward to 2020. Again, when there's already so much stuff going on, right? Mm-hmm. I am I. That's that's when I got to 15 years without my mom and 15 years with my mom. Okay. And yes. that, that's what I call grief equilibrium. Like mm-hmm. the like the moment, that moment in time, like that specific, like the scales are even. Like when I wrote about it in a blog post, it is the scale, like that day the scales are like even there was your life mm-hmm. before and there was your life after and both are equally weighted mm-hmm. and then something happens there's like a mind fuckery that happens like the next day <laughs> like yeah it when, probably feels like you're on a brand new grief journey almost uh, yeah yeah like something happened when all of a sudden i was like oh my god like i have been walking this earth longer without the person i thought i couldn't live without yeah then i had her and like that is profound to me very much so like when i was on the on the death anniversary my mom's death anniversary which is september 11th which mm-hmm. I, I hate which mm-hmm. so i hate i think i've talked about this before mm-hmm. i absolutely hate that september 11th is the my mom's death anniversary because I feel like it gets tied up in like the nation's grief with mm-hmm. with 9-11 and I'm like no 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 yeah. I'm over here grieving right yeah you're like I don't that's but there's you don't so much care, but no I kind of there's also because yeah. also I also wonder I wonder if like anybody who actually sorry lost no <laughs> I wonder if anybody who actually like lost a person in 9-11 yeah also feels like but this is my grief and like the nation is sharing in it yeah 
that. I've never, I've never I've thought never about that. I've never thought about that until just now. Like, yeah, until just now. Like that. I wonder if I, if anybody, I wonder if anybody would ever be willing to go on this podcast and talk to us about that. Like, if they ever feel like, right. I hear you, nation. Yeah, but also my husband died. Yeah, like I'm gonna write that down. That's that's heavy. But uh, but I but I say that to say so. Like my mom on September 11th of 2020, I feel like I looked at my life like and obviously my life did look it does continue to look so much different than it did the day my mom passed away but like again when you're like when I if I think about it like a scale and I am in the middle of that right like I'm like my life over here with my mom and my life over here without my mom Mm -hmm. and they look so different yep yeah oh my you're a completely different person I mean high school Rashida alone like you, you know like uh, you're a completely different yes person. yeah yeah like yes I, for I so myself, many reasons I myself am a different person and my life looks completely different yeah and that was both like like amazing like profoundly amazing because like you said for on the one hand I did it like mm-hmm. on the one hand I have been I have moved I have day after day woken up and chosen to keep going like mm-hmm. and like chose chose to keep trying to live a life as full as I possibly can and that included like getting married and like meeting all like my wonderful friends going, backing up going to school like waking up and still like choosing to go to school you are choosing yeah to go to college choosing to keep putting one foot in front of the other and building your life for yourself yes yeah that's a so there's like, a lot to be said there yes yes and i and i don't i in some in some aspects i will say those are the parts of myself i am proudest of like yeah. that in in those moments like i am i i have said like I will always figure it out. Like I am a person who will always figure it out. Like that is, yeah. I will keep putting one foot. One thing I'm gonna do is keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And so, so while on the one hand I I could, on that day, look back at the past 15 years, and there's also something about like turning 30 and like, mm-hmm. you know, like those are also turning points of your life. Like being mm-hmm. being 15 turning 16 and being 30 turning 31. Like those are also big points of a life. And so I could look on the one hand, I could look at that and be like, I did it. I did that. And I'm yeah. still doing that. And, but on the other hand, I was like, like, I miss my mom. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I, absolutely. <laughs> on the other hand, I was just deeply like, I miss her. Like I, yeah. I, I can't believe that. Like, yeah, I'm over here. I'm like, fuck yeah, girl. And on the this side, I'm like, but why? Yeah, but why is why is this? Yeah, why is I this my life? Like, why did this happen? Like, why yeah. so many? Why is this happen? Why did this happen to me? Yes, yes, and I and I also think there's something to be said for me at least. So my mom died at 43, mm-hmm. um, and I'm currently 33. Yeah, and I, I was gonna go here think, next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I also think there's something that there. So I think I think the next like ten years of this grief journey are going to be just interesting for me in general, anyways, because of all of those things. But 
yeah there's also something to the the grief equilibrium also coming close to like me being the age of which like my mom died so like all of that together is like a weird mind fuck for me it is and so we've talked about this before and i was talking about this actually today with a co-worker um oddly enough unfortunately a lot of people on uh, most of the people on my team have experienced they're on multiple grief journeys <laughs> so it's like my friend and i are always constantly like when someone new joy joins the team we like joke because you know I, when you are on a grief journey or after you experience big tremendous loss you uh kind of get like dark a little bit with like dark humor so you're like when people are joining the team when it'll be like so uh do you have any sort of grief journey have you had any death in your family or in your life lately no Mm, okay well it's coming buckle up yeah so it's terrible to even say that oh my god but that's where we go i get this me so shelby also friend of the show yeah uh, her and i also say that like grief tends to find us like griefy griefy people tend to find us like i feel like and then the minute it's so weird too this club that we're in um Mm -hmm. but it is so funny that the minute someone tells me that they lost somebody is the minute i'm like hey yeah like it's like like a hot piece of gossip i'm like tell me everything about your grief yeah are you seeing a therapist are you feeling your feels are you taking care of yourself these right literally all the things i didn't ask but but since they know that you too it just comes from a different place and it resonates stronger yes so I totally agree. I ho- at least that's what I hope. That's how it does for me when that when it happened to me. It's like, oh, you know, they under. Anytime it's someone would comment, and I knew that they are they too had lost somebody. I was like, yep, they get it. They they get it. We understand. It's it means more to me than just these well wishes of just flat out. And I, and people mean well. Of like, I just I'm sorry. And there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry. But you know, mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. Here's something interesting I've also noticed about being on the other side of the grief equilibrium scale now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that I I used to be able to, without a doubt, be like, I lost my mom this many years ago. Like, like I was almost counting to that moment. Mm-hmm. And now it takes me a minute, actually. So, like, now I have to be like 17 years. 17 years. Yeah, 17 years like yeah. I have to like and I think that's also just being on the other side of it because now I, be, I don't know now I'm just like well I've been without like a, without her alive longer than I had her and so what do the years matter maybe I don't know but for some reason I can't it's like getting older I can't commit like the number can't stay in my head sometimes yeah maybe maybe that's also a part of grief veil too it's like maybe it's a subconscious I don't know this is probably going way too deep it's probably not true but maybe it's a subconscious thing. You know, it's just like, how old are you? And it's like 37? I mean, 37? No, I'm 27, Mitch, forever. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe someone that's also like denial. I'm just like, I don't know. Denial. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I like can't, I don't know. The number doesn't always stay in my head. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, a okay, you've tipped the scale to the long to have been alive longer than with without her than with her so maybe it's just like 
fuck it, you know? Not- I think so. It's also, also not, not like, fuck it, fuck it, but, like, yeah. so, like, what am I counting? Like, yeah. I don't, like, what am I counting towards now? Or, like, what yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I also think I have never had an outlet like we have now. Yeah. I am talking about her all the time. So I think maybe the number was always top of mind because I wasn't talking about it as much as we do now. Right. But do I'm not. Do you, I wonder, you, you know, there's like, are there grief year milestones? Like, obviously, the first year, everyone knows first year sucks. Second year, I would kind of say, I don't know, it all sucks. First year is definitely the hardest. I feel like you're totally in that you're experiencing all the first holidays, it, you're still figuring shit out. Then the second year is you have a little bit of experience and you're about, about how mm-hmm. to do stuff, but you're still trying to probably trying to establish tradition, new traditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it hits, like, you know how there's, like, you know, the first birthday and the fifth birthday or just, like, general, like, anniversaries or whatever, like, usually those milestones. Is it mm-hmm. the same for grief? Like, oh, fuck, it's been five years. Shit, it's been ten. Or you, who maybe, it seems like, maybe. is it the grief? Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe. I feel like, so, when I think of grief, I do, I do think, yes, you're right. The first year is tough. I do think five is weird, ten is weird. But then I think, but I'm not sure if I think those are weird because I was also counting up to to the grief scale. And now, now I think actually the milestones that I have found recently to be the hardest are the mile, like I found my mom's 60th birthday last year to be really hard. Yep. Like, yeah, I could see that. Really hard. Like I just like. Because you can't picture her. Yeah. And maybe that's what, maybe that's the further you get away from it. And I, I don't know. It's a good Like point. I found, yeah, I found that milestone to be the hardest. Here, you know, and here's actually what's interesting. I think that once you get out of five years, so like the first, I'll say the first year sucks. The second year almost sucks more too mm-hmm. because I feel like by that point, the world has moved on and you have not. It's really solidified. Really solidified. Yeah, yeah. Like the world, the world has moved on. People might forget you've lost a mom mm-hmm. or a parent or a spouse. Have or no idea. Yeah. You right. Might be working in a different place where someone didn't know you when that happened. You might be, you know, like by in that second year, I just feel like the world, because we don't talk about grief, the world has expected you to kind of go back to normal, but you're like, I can't go back. Like, I can't. No. I can't. No. And I feel like once you get out of the five year, when you've solidified a new routine kind of that doesn't involve that person, Mm -hmm. I think the milestones become less about the years and more about the random grief waves. Like, I just feel like Mm. there's, I don't know... I'm not always sure when a grief wave is coming, like, and they never come when they feel like they're going to, when they feel like they should. So like, I actually probably cried more. So there's been a couple of times that I'm like, wow, I'm crying so much. I probably cried more on my mom's 60th birthday than I cried on her death anniversary that the, of 2020. Yeah, because I think I think because I knew that was coming, I was also just in a better headspace. Like I was just in a headspace of like memory and honoring and like those. Yes, my mom knows what's coming. 
Yeah. But your birthday, you kind of know, is coming too. But I, yeah. Yeah. But something about it, just like her being her, she should be here and she should be 60, something about that. Just like, and then I started thinking about, wow, that's a young grandma to have like a, like, like just like all, all in my head about it. And those, and another time I absolutely fucking bawled my eyes out was during the pandemic. I, um, I had been, I don't, what were we doing? Oh, on Facebook, there was a, people were, cause you know, it's the pandemic, you were, people were doing all kinds of weird shit on social. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the like show your high school photo and like a photo of you now or something like that. It was like the high school challenge, one of those uh-huh. challenges. And so I was digging through. And so I only have the pro, the sad product of like having lost your parents or your mom young and kind of bouncing from house to house and never truly having like a space that was yours for so long. I really only have like three boxes of like stuff. Oh, like, wow. From like wait, childhood and yeah. like all of your like 15 and younger. Yes. No, I mean like from even probably because I didn't have places to put it. Oh, like college and stuff as well. And so like yeah. up until up until I had been until I moved in with Ben and like that became my home I would say like I so I truly only have like three boxes of stuff yeah um and some of it we cleaned out when we moved into this house but so I was going through one of three boxes to try to find <laughs> my high school cheerleading picture oh yeah <laughs> and in the process I found um like a baby outfit and I was pregnant with Parker so I found a baby outfit that was mine. That was my mom's. So my yes, were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I know exactly what I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yes. And so my mom wore it in the '60s, and then I wore it in the '90s. And yeah, I had thought I had thought I had lot like I just didn't know where it was. Like I didn't know. I don't know. It had just gone somewhere. And so like I am like lift up something else in one of these boxes. And find this and ball my eyes out. That, like, I mean, that, I was just like, <laughs> like ugly crying. Like, oh, if that wasn't like a sign that I don't, I don't know, because you were you you were you were pregnant with Parker. I was pregnant with Parker. Yes, and I was again like we like I talked about last episode. I have really bad uh, perinatal perinatal depression. And I also, we're going to talk about this when we do our like pregnancy series. We keep adding things. Our pregnancy <laughs> series is like six episodes long now. By the time we get there, by the time we get through like infertility, stillbirth, uh, perinatal and postpartum depression, like yeah. it's important though. There's a lot yeah. that happens. It's fucked up. Our yeah. bodies are fucked up. It forever. is fucked up. All the shit that moms like deal with on so many grief journeys, and then we're like, hey, go back to work. But um. I had a really bad perinatal depression with Parker, and I also had gender disappointment. So I actually did not want the girl. We'll talk about this. Oh, yeah. Pregnancy series. Yeah. Another one we should do. Yes. That's another. Add that to the list. Yes. I thought I was going to be a boy mom. I was like, like, helps bent on having two boys, and I was good with that life. And I hadn't actually worked through the grief journey. Truly, I, was, I wasn't I was ready to have a girl because I hadn't, like, I wasn't ready to have that relationship when I was missing that relationship. 
we'll talk deeper on it then. Yeah. But when I found this, I, you're right. It was a sign. I felt like it was my mom being like, you've got this. Like, mm-hmm. you've got, you're going to do this. You are going to be the mom of a, like, whippersnapping, like, spitfire little girl just like you were. And you're going to do this. And so that's the other time I absolutely bawled my eyes out. And so I think to bring this back full circle, I think after you get out of the five years, the milestones are just random. Yeah. Like the, it's not like 10 years, like five years, seven years is hard. Eight years is hard. I just think once you get out of the initial shock of it and you start to have your own routine again that doesn't involve them. Yeah. You the milestones just become different. The waves become different. I can I can totally see that. One, I just put, I just stalked your Instagram and uh, found that little picture of baby Rashida and baby P in that outfit. Yes! But when, I can totally understand what you're saying about like birthdays and uh, your mom's birthday because it's similar, something semi-similar happened and my mom's birthday is January 1st. She's a New, Year- New Year's baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and she would have been seven, yes, 70 this year. And so that was weird. To, am I, I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be that weird because she died when she was, oh my God. She has 67. Hello, math. So we can't, we can't math today, but we can. I've been, we've been doing shit, okay? Yeah. Worked. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron did, do we need, what? So to same in the same vein, Rashida, to imagine her as seventy years old, while she probably really would have looked that different, it was only three years ago, mm-hmm. and like, but oh, just weird from sixty-seven to seventy, just seems so much older to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I remember telling my brother, "Mom would have been seventy today." That's really wild. Just yeah, because so that's could... the milestone. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's mm-hmm. after you get out of the five years. If I were to if I were to put this succinctly, after you get out of the initial five, it actually the milestones become, to me at least, more about the milestones they're actually missing. Missing. Absolutely. Because think about it too. The milestones of your marriage. Mm-hmm. Both your kids' birth. Kona. I mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so much. Kona. Well, <laughs> My mom hated dogs. That's a funny oh. thing. My mom hated dogs, and it's hilarious. Like, I do. I, I love my dog. I love her. Yeah. And sometimes there are, I think we've talked about this before, when you do something that you know your mom would absolutely roll her eyes at. And when I get on the floor, I'm like, yeah. little spoon my dog. Yeah. Fact that she sleeps with us, I'm sure my mom is is in heaven being like, Are you fucking kidding me? You don't think that maybe she would have been like, "Mm, Okay, you're right. She's a good dog. I love her too. I don't, I don't think so. No. No. I think my mom would have been like, I will only come over if you put that dog away. Uh, Really? Because I feel like she might. I I don't know. I don't don't know. I don't know if she. You might as well. I don't know if there's some unresolved yeah, trauma. Yeah, I don't know if there's some um, unresolved trauma from her childhood. I don't know. She just did not like dogs. And so for a long time, I too thought I didn't like dogs. And then Maybe she didn't like, because they can be messy. Oh, they get their peepaw prints all over the fur. I mean. Yeah, yeah. the fur. I it. The fur. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But no. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what be All right. What Torah would have been in. About, but the rest. Yeah. yeah. It's all of those things that just suck. For, like, i.e., for example, in last um, episode mentioned, I got a promotion and it was so nice because Brian really, like, he did, it was so sweet and just celebrated the absolute shit out of me. We went to a super nice, he, yeah, he did. called yeah, up. Producer out of, Brian. Yeah, producer Brian really did it well. And he called me and was like, hey, um, I got a, I got us a babysitter and we are going to go to dinner and um, so start thinking about where you want to go. And, you know, I was thinking we could go here, here, or here. And just like really, I was like, Aww. just really sweet and thoughtful and really made sure that he acknowledged, acknowledged it in a way that to me, it almost it felt so over the top, but it also felt like maybe he was compensating for because my mom isn't here to I feel like she would have done something to help celebrate. I don't know. I didn't talk to him about it, but I did obviously made sure that I he knew that I was grateful. But I can't help but have those thoughts too of when these like big milestone things happen out um you just want to share that with them. You, you can't. You can, but it's not the same. That's another thing. We need to go back to the toxic positivity. It's like anytime someone's like, oh, I just wish my mom were here. And they're like, they are here with you, honey. And it's like, <laughs> listen, you are not telling me anything I don't fucking already know. But no, they are not fucking here. They are not. Okay, they are physically here. No, they are not. It's not. Yeah. They don't have skin and bones. They can't react to you. They can't. They're yes, yes. I agree. They're that is yeah. toxic. And I so it, it, I also think that one can rub me differently on different days. Like I also yeah. Like I could some days I could be into that one. Like yeah, she is here with me and in my heart and all of those things. Another yeah. days I'm like fuck off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that not helping, Cheryl. Not helping. No, 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 no. Listen, I love that shit, but it's not, it's sometimes it just doesn't, it's not, it's just not the same. Let's just no. be real. It's not because they can't respond to you and they can't, yeah, there's no, they're not here. They're not here. Again, no. Even the most religious person in the world can say, can agree to that. They are physically. Yeah. Or the here. most, yeah, most woo-woo person who speaks to them, like could see them, et cetera. Yeah. Yes. No, not, not here. Another thing I wanted to say, yeah, also as a part of this episode, I think, um, <laughs> obviously, because I'm speaking in this episode, um, when I when I was talking about another thing I have done, I guess, on this side of the the grief scale, um, is I've started to look at like the longevity of my life. Like if that, yeah, it's really deep. But like I have started yeah. to, as I as I am on this side now, and I have kids, and I'm getting closer to the age that my mom was when she died. Mm-hmm. I find myself like wanting to make almost any decision differently from her. Like, oh yeah, in the hopes that like I don't, I don't that doesn't happen to me, and so that your fate that it changes your fate. Yes, and so one thing I have done recently um, is finally get a cardiologist and yeah. ta- and like get heart testing done and like 
make sure like everything like as a person who's lost like my dad has heart issues my mom obviously died of a heart attack and so i was like i need to and my i here's one thing i hate about our fucking healthcare system like you still have to at all point times get a recommendation from your primary care doctor before you can like see specialist doctors yeah or you can i hate that but anyway yeah. my primary care doctor was amazing and was like i think with your history you should absolutely see a cardiologist so that we can get a Good. baseline of where your heart is anyways um your girl scored a so i did two tests one of them was a calcium score uh uh-uh. which like i i'm not even gonna i'm gonna butcher it but the long yeah. story long story short is you want your score to be a zero okay. the doctor was like lots of people don't have zero so like if, if it comes back and it's higher than a zero that is not cause that alone is not cause for us to be stressed like that okay. tells me that that's your baseline okay and, and i wouldn't expect for it to be zero given your family history okay like, cool. your girl got a zero what's up yes heart the holiday of heart then i also did rashida get out of town no lucky zero. yes and so then i also had to do a um like a EKG, I got like put into a tube and like all the things. Anyway, just to make just to make sure like my heart also like was beating like it should and like shaped like it should and doing all the things that it should. And so I um then get the results of those back and everything looks good. Like arteries are good, no cloggages, no blockages, nothing. Oh, I have my like follow up then. So like I see the cardiologist. I take the two tests, then he gets the test, and I meet back with him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't, like, say with 100% certainty that right, we're right. not going to die of a heart attack. And he was like, but I will tell you this, like, the likelihood of you having a cardiac event in this life, like, I'm, I am more likely to see you at Schnucks than I oh. am to see you back in this office. Oh, my God. And he was like, I don't, I know, I know. And so he was like, so I, like, you work out five times a week. Yeah. You don't smoke. Like, yeah. Nothing, nothing in your, like, test that you tell me anything is wrong. And he's like, I know, I know. And so he's like, so if, like, you had, like, remember last summer when I had that, like, random, the whole thing that started this is when I had that random fucking virus that made my chest really hurt. Yeah. That's what caused this. And he was like, so. He's like, so I have to tell you that, like, the next time you have something like that, like, hear my voice in your head saying it's likely not a cardiac event. And so, yes. And so I wa- I walked out of that office and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So, but I also, <laughs> yeah, I also was just like the emotions I felt was like, I I'm okay, but my mom somehow what? Like he was like, you are more likely to die in a car crash, basically, than I. Yeah, yeah, have, like a cardiac event, and yeah, uh, which is a scary thought all on its own. But like yes. we, when I, I just was like, like the right, yeah. What's gonna be what you're you're trying to you're trying to mitigate and, and cross out like that would be if it were with it, the history of it on both sides of your family. Yes, that would for sure. But like. That's heavy and also freeing. Yeah, yeah, it was. But then I felt a little guilty. Like then yeah. I, but the, then I was just like, well, I've also 
been able to make different choices from my mom because you learned I learned from that like technologically like the world's also in a different place you know like I just feel like like socioeconomically I'm also in a different place than my mom was in when she had two kids like two little kids and so I Mm -hmm. also like sure it's easy for me to be heart healthy when like I can afford great like when I can afford fruits and fresh fruits and vegetables and I live in a like nice neighborhood and that and I have well no and I have both a fucking Peloton and a treadmill desk (laughs) like you know and so some of that was going through my head like some of that like well of course you should have a healthy heart Rashida like you should but I also was then yeah also free <laughs> yeah you you've aff- your mom would be very proud and i think i think it's everything that she would want you to have you know your parents as a parent too you always want better for your child and they always want better for us so that's really heavy and it's really freeing but it's also like a, a validation like tactic too i think mm-hmm. because knowing having gone through this loss you know you like you cannot imagine or even fathom that happening to your kids or your spouse or your you know mm-hmm. producer ben or you know it's just like that you don't want that you do not want them to ever feel the pain the heartache the sheer fucking torture that it is from something preventable too. From like something, that, yes. That was also some of my like my earlier grief tied to my mom was that I was mad at her. Like, yeah. but it was also just like, well, if you had been fucking taking care of yourself, mm-hmm. you'd probably still be here. And mm-hmm. so, like, I also there was also getting the healthy heart report. There was also some of like, I am taking care of myself. Yeah, <laughs> and it may feel it may feel moms out there. It may feel selfish at yeah. some times when you are taking time away from yourself to take care of yourself, but like, uh, or away from your kids to take care of yourself, but I am. And then the, in the hopes that in the long run, that gives me more time with them. Right. Absolutely. When, um, I guess it was like a, like a month, it was pretty soon after my mom died. My mom died of cervical cancer, which is, um, curable. And, um, you know, she didn't go to the doctor very much. So, um, a, a month, a- about a month after that, I made an appointment at my OB and was like, Hey, I just want to really make sure we did a pap and did all, you know, did it just pa- talk to the my doctor and they're like, yeah, you know that like, it's curable. Right. I'm like, yeah, they're like, you're good. It's not you, like you there. I don't see any reason for you to have, I think it, it, there's like some tests like a, I don't Raka, I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like basically some kind of genetic testing. Like this does not a cause for this test mm. because it is. If it were to happen to you, which there is no sign of this whatsoever, um, then you it's curable. So you're good. But they're like, if you want to have a pap every year, you can. And I was like, I will. And I but do. to hear that a month after you lost your mom to it and oh, to know yeah. that it was curable is, well, ouch. I actually, you know, when my mom was in the hospital, the ER doctor called and said, told me that, I'd like, hey, you need to make sure that you get this BRCA test. Or, oh, God. 
Sorry, no, I think people. No, I think you're right. That's the breast cancer gene. That's the one where they. Um, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the breast cancer gene. Yeah. Um. Okay. BRCA. Um. BRCA testing. BRCA mutation. BRCA gene mutation. Um. Yeah, which can lead to cancer. All women have BRCA one and BRCA two genes. Mm, Only some women have. Okay. Anyway. The ER doctor was like, hey, you know, you might want to look out for this and 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 tell your OB that this happened because just in case it, if it is genetic, because the also the ER doctor didn't have anything on my mom because my mom never went to the doctor. Now, when you go to the doctor, you have your my chart and it's all connected to Epic and whatever where all your shit's logged in there. Mm-hmm. So she didn't do that. She was going down the homeopathic route since God only knows when. Um, none of that generation. I mean, my mom didn't also have C. Yeah, right. Like none of that generation did that, which is w- wild. I know. So, I think us trying to get ahead of those problems is in order to pre- like a protection. It's it's a coping and protection that we think that we're going to protect our kids. I for fucking hope, please God, let it be <laughs> that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've outcovered it on the yeah. term that I made up. But I hope it's I love it. Brother, add it to the list, Rashida. You have yeah. a whole little grief dictionary. I've been at it for a bit now. All right, gals. Thanks so much for listening to the Grieving Mamas Club podcast. When times get tough, just remember you're a badass bee and you've got this, mama. <laughs> <laughs>